of the Panhandle News Network. The views and opinions on this station do not necessarily represent the Panhandle News Network, WEPM and WCST, or West Virginia Radio Corporation. Here we go! Welcome to Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Panhandle Live is brought to you by Sutton and Janelle Attorneys at Law. Visit their new location at 224 West King Street, Martinsburg, and online at suttonandjanelle.com. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. It is Wednesday the 27th. You are tuned in to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full service law firms serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsha is out again for the morning. And of course, if you missed any of the show uh, anytime, you can always listen back to it over on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. Or on our Spotify page. Got a lot going on on Panhandle Live today. So let's bring our first guest in from WVU Medicine, Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center, Dr. Hannah McKeever. How are you doing this morning? Good. How are you? I'm doing fine. So uh, I guess people have been starting to notice it is October. So uh, that means you're going to see a lot of pink and things around like that. So uh, before we get into the specifics, let's talk a little bit about October and Breast Cancer Awareness Month. Yes, yeah, so um, October is Breast Cancer Awareness uh, Month. Um, I'm a general surgeon at Berkeley Medical Center, and I just wanted to be here with you this morning to encourage um, you know, all women to get out and get their screening mammogram uh, done. This is a great month to remember to have it done. Uh, all of our lives get super busy, um, so it's good to have that reminder. So let's talk about how important it is for these mammogram screenings. And uh, to kind of add a question onto the back of that, uh, during the pandemic, what happened with mammogram screenings? I mean, did uh, did things start to, the numbers go down a little bit? Yes. So the American College of Surgeons is doing a nationwide research study that has examined um you know, how the numbers did drop specifically for screening for cancers. And uh, they're looking at various cancers, but breast cancer and colon cancer screenings went way down last year um, in the heart of the pandemic. Now, why do you think that was? Do you think there's any specific reasoning other than, you know, the pandemic and people didn't want to be around other people? Yeah, I think it was that. And also um, access. I think it was probably hard to schedule those things at that time because we were kind of limiting everything that was done in person. Um, so I really think people were, you know, limited from from an access standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, but this year they're kind of they've gathered those numbers, and then this year we're kind of you know looking to encourage patients to get out and have it done, so we can get those numbers. They're still not up to where they were back in 2019, and um, you know early detection for both breast and colon cancer is super important. So that's why we're kind of looking at those numbers and encouraging patients to have their mammogram. So for those that, you know, might still be a little wary of going out, you know, and being face to face with people, especially in close contact, like you would be for a mammogram screaming, what are some of the things that people can do, you know, to kind of get around being in person other than, you know, the self checks and things like that? Right. So self checks um, are recommended uh, for all women starting at age uh, 25, um, you know, both in a clinic setting um, as well as, you know, a self check. Um, And then, 
you know, still the the guidelines are out there for multiple societies, American Cancer Society, American Society of Breast Surgeons, that at age 40, all women of average risk, um, you know, are recommended to have a screening mammogram done every year. Mm-hmm. Um, so unfortunately, that is something that has to be kind of done in person. Um, you know, you know, our, you know, radiology department is excellent as far as, you know, protective measures and things like that. Um, but I do think that, you know, or, you know, as from a worth it standpoint, I mean, you know, early detection is, is super key. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's something I would, you know, place, you know, high importance on. Now you have a research project too, that you and another doctor at the medical center are, you know, kind of going in together on. So you can talk about that a little bit too. It seems like a pretty interesting one. Yeah. So that's, um, it's actually a branch of that study that's being done by the American cancer or I'm sorry, American college of surgeons, Mm -hmm. um, that's partnering with American cancer society, um, and the committee on cancer. Um, but ours will be a part of their larger study. Um, so we're trying to uh, get the word out to our community um, to encourage patients to have their screening mammograms. And, you know, we've collected the data from last year during the pandemic, which lined up with theirs, of course, with the decrease in numbers. Um, but that's why we're encouraging everyone to have their screening mammograms done this year. And then we're going to kind of compare those numbers compared to last year. Um, but it's really about, you know, by doing the project, hopefully to get the word out there to encourage patients to come and have it done. Again, speaking with Dr. Hannah McKeever from WVU Medicine East, Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center. Uh, now, in terms of a treatment for you know breast cancer, what are some of the things that are available now, different options? Because there are you know multiple or more options now than there were you know in the past for treatment for this. Right. So um, <clears throat> as far as you know, I keep saying the early detection. So with the screening mammogram, it's not going to prevent breast cancer. Um, but the way the mammograms are just de- um, designed these days, they're really helpful for picking up those, you know, hopefully before cancer is symptomatic. So mm-hmm. the purpose of screening is to catch it before it becomes symptomatic. And with treatment op- options these days from a surgical standpoint, um, you know, the guidelines are out there that essentially, you know, the cancer, just the cancer um, needs to be removed. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, if we, the smaller the cancer is, essentially the smaller the surgery that will be required um, for the treatment. Right. Um, so that's really key because we really just need to take out the cancer. So if we can detect it when it's smaller, that's going to minimize, you know, um, the surgery that's required. Um, you know, we're also big on uh, using oncoplastic techniques with tissue rearrangement to help minimize with uh, scar formation and, you know, essentially the change in the contour of the breast. So um, as early as we can detect it, you know, the better, you know, as far as the surgical options that we can discuss. Right. And that kind of helps everybody feel, you know, normal and like uh, yes. they haven't had, you know, this big yes. life situation happen. Right. Yes. Absolutely. Uh, again, speaking with Dr. Hannah McKeever from WVU Medicine East, Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center. Now, speaking of uh, the mammograms and detection again, uh, you have a pretty nice technological advantage at your hands with 3D mammograms, right? So how has yes. that kind of changed everything? It has to have helped tremendously. Yes, it's especially important for uh, dense breast tissue. So it's now required on every mammogram that the radiologist will report on the uh, classification of how dense the breast tissue, because every patient is different. And the 3D mammography has been really helpful in um, increasing uh, the uh, sensitivity as far as the mammogram with the 3D mammography compared to the previous uh, mammography images. And then, of course, when working with your healthcare provider or surgeon, 
And, you know, we can talk if there are other imaging modalities that are needed, like ultrasound or MRI, uh, especially for uh, high-risk women or with extremely dense uh, breast tissue. Wow. Uh, now, before we have to get to this next break, I want to ask you, well, I'll ask you this before. Are there any other big things with uh, Breast Cancer Awareness Month and, uh, you know, screenings and things that you want people to know about that are, you know, most important? I think um, most important is just, um, you know, it's something to get on the books, um, you know, to get scheduled and, you know, go and have it done. Um, you know, I'm happy, you know, if anybody needs a, you know, provider to put the order in, I, you know, that's kind of inconvenient, but any, any, your, your primary care provider, you know, please just reach out, you know, the order can be put in and then, you know, the test can be, you know, scheduled and it's just the process of, you know, taking those steps because we're all so busy. Um, but just kind of a reminder to, to get it, to get it scheduled. Now, can I ask you where you're from? <laughs> I'm from Ohio. Uh, no, I was going to say, I was going to say that you were from like Michigan or somewhere oh. around that way. Cause a cousin of mine's <laughs> wife is from Michigan. I started to hear, uh, your accent on a couple words. I was like, Hmm, yeah. wonder if she's from, uh, what are they, uh, the upper peninsula, the Upers, I think is what they call themselves way up top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But that is the, I, I didn't know that that was an Ohio accent. So yeah. where, whereabouts in Ohio? Well, I'm from Southwest Ohio between Dayton and Cincinnati, but mm -hmm. in medical school, I had a friend who's from Cleveland, which uh. is in Northern Ohio. And I think ever since we became friends, I don't know. <laughs> it all started to blend yes, together. <laughs> yes, it started to blend together. <laughs> Again, Dr. Hannah McKeever from WVU Medicine, East Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center. Thanks for stopping in this morning and talking about this because this is a very serious uh, you know, topic. Everyone is affected by this in one form or another. And uh, as we were talking before the break, early detection is saves lives. So it's very important. I'm glad you were able to talk about this a little bit. Thanks for stopping in. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. Stick around for more here on Panhandle Live with WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. From Pawpaw to Harper's Ferry, from Martinsburg to Winchester, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Warner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton and Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs, family law, criminal defense, DUI, personal injury, mediation. They provide legal counsel tailored to you. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. Jordan Ice Warner, Marsha is out for the day. But if you missed the, uh, any of the show so far at the beginning, we had WVU Medicine East Berkeley Medical Center Jefferson Medical Center's Dr. Hannah McKeever on to talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month, early mammogram screenings, which I think I said screamings a couple of times. I think that's why she uh, might have gave me a weird look every once in a while, but uh, definitely about mammogram screenings and how early detection saves lives and especially the different treatments they have now where, you know, it's not nearly as invasive and, you know, the surgeries aren't as bad, but early detection uh, kind of helps with all of that. So if you miss any of that conversation, of course, listen back to it a little bit later on today, either on Spotify or on our Panhandle Live uh, Facebook page. But yeah, uh, coming up in a little bit, we're going to have Berkeley County Schools Employment, uh, well, Human Resources Talent Management Coordinator Megan Baldwin on to talk about uh, Berkeley County Schools Employment. Again, don't forget, today is the uh, first day for early dismissals here in Berkeley County for Berkeley County Schools. I believe that's at noon today is when uh, they'll be dismissing. So don't forget that. Last thing you want to do is, uh, you know, be going about your work day, maybe going out and getting some lunch. And the next thing you know, uh, you realize that your kid needs picked up for school. 
and they've been waiting for a while. So make sure you don't forget about that. But in one thing that I saw today that I was uh, sent an email about, it's pretty cool when it's something to hang our hat on here in the Panhandle, and that's Oars Farm Market. Now, as you know, we love Oars Farm Market here on Panhandle Live and on WEPM, and it's such a great place, so everybody loves Oars Farm Market. But uh, people outside of the Panhandle are starting to figure it out now, too, because Fox News named Oars Farm Market as one of the top 10 best orchards in the country to visit. How cool is that? Now, uh, there's a big article uh, that I can put over on our Facebook page a little bit later on uh, that you can read it, but... my goodness, I just uh, lost her name. Katie. Yeah, Katie Ordove. Uh, she was quoted saying that that, uh, for us, was a three- or four-year project. We've been planting these trees on the, uh, you know, the property and things like that and we've talked to her in the past and they do so much good so much good work out there they work so hard out at Oars Farm Market uh, to make it as great of a place as it is and it's nice that they're getting a little recognition you know uh, I feel like it's always sports around here that gets uh, recognition for good reason I mean the sports uh, talent and the teams and the kids and the you know athletes around here they deserve all that recognition but it's nice to get uh, you know a nod in terms of the agriculture and Oars Farm Market they do such uh, you know great things out there especially this time of year you can go out and do some uh, pumpkin patching I believe out that way the apple picking uh, a little earlier you had you know all the different orchards you can go out on the uh, on the hayride I did that with the family once this year met uh, you know my mom dad and the nieces and nephew and uh, you know sister and brother-in-law out at Orse Farm we all hopped on one of the tractors rode around for a bit went to the petting zoo so nice out there and this time of year with the trees turning and everything, makes it even better. Speaking of which, uh, which out by Oars Farm Market, uh, Poor House Farm. I took the dog out there yesterday. It is perfect out there right now. Now, yesterday, it was a little windy. I will say that much. And uh, the dog didn't necessarily like the sound of the trees, you know, squealing and moving around when we were walking through the woods. But it is absolutely perfect out there right now. With the leaves starting to change, it's not too, too cold yet, even though I did wear two jackets and a beanie today because it is... A little too cold for my blood, but yeah, there's all kinds of great things to do around Panhandle all the time, especially this time of year when the leaves are starting to change and it's getting a little chilly. Got Halloween right around the corner, uh, which I think, what, we got Halloween on 31st and we're just a few weeks away from, uh, from Christmas. At this point, and one of the commercials that played right before we came back, uh, I think it was Bechtel Jewelers had Christmas music in the background, and it quickly made me realize that uh, I don't have any of my holiday shopping done. But, of course, I think I've said this in the past, too. uh, I usually don't do my holiday shopping until about a week out, if not, if not the day of or the day before. But, yeah. All kinds of things to be doing here, festive-wise, in the Panhandle. And Oars Farm Market being recognized as one of the top 10 best orchards in the country uh, by Fox News. So that's something you can take to the water cooler a little bit uh, later on today to talk about. Stick around after the break. We're going to have Berkeley County Schools on to talk about some uh, employment opportunities. And a little bit later on, we'll be hearing... Uh, Excuse me. We'll be hearing back from Steve French about some history here in the area. I love listening to Steve's uh, conversations. We'll play that back a little bit later on today. But that's coming up here in a while on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Live and local, it's Panhandle Live with hosts Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik.
Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm serving West Virginia and Maryland, helping individuals, families, businesses with all of their legal needs. You can visit their new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. I'm Jordan Ice Warner. Marsh is out for the morning. If you missed any of the show so far, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page, or you can find us on our Panhandle Live Spotify page. But joining me in studio is Megan Baldwin and Lewis Mullinex from Berkeley County Schools. How are you all doing this morning? Very good. How are you? I'm doing fine. Thanks for uh, joining me on this windy and I think frigid morning. It's already way too cold uh, for me out here right now. I don't know about you guys or not. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, before we get started talking about uh, the main things uh, that you guys are in here for today, uh, I was talking with uh, you know the doctors and whatnot from WVU Medicine East earlier, and I said two of the uh, career fields that I really don't envy right now are the healthcare field and the uh, schools, because as you were saying, uh, Megan, before we came on the air, everyone is short-staffed right now, but I feel like it's really hit the school systems pretty hard. Yeah, it definitely has. Um you know, our, our staff has done a great job of really banding together to try to, um, or to make sure that our students are supported in a really safe learning environment. So we really want to thank them, number one, today, yeah. um, just in everything that they've done to uh, work through planning periods with their teachers. You know, we have bus drivers that are doing double bus runs to make sure our students are getting to and from school safely. Um, and we just want to touch on some of the things we're doing to try to recruit staff and, and help them. And let's not forget the retirees. If it wasn't yes. for the retirees that are out there that have come back to support the school system because they care so much, we would not be functioning the way we are now. Mm-hmm. So definitely the retirees have helped us out. Yeah. Absolutely. So uh, what have been some of the you know struggles among, I mean, I'm sure the list is pretty long at this point. I mean, it's been two years now pretty much that we've been dealing with this new world that we live in. So what have been some of the you know bigger issues with staffing and things like that since the pandemic? Well, it's really a a national issue that we're facing. Um, We have a shortage of certified teachers that is kind of trickling down into some of our other other personnel classifications. We have less people that are entering the um, entering education fields. And so what we've really done is try to encourage people, um, you know, that we are an environment where you can grow your own and you can start with us in any capacity and Um, Whether you want to pursue further education, if you want to take advantage of professional development opportunities that we have, um, and you can advance up into a certified teacher. Um, West Virginia has addressed it by um, offering some alternate certification pathways for people. So that's been great. We're leaning on that right now. We have a lot of our employees that are taking advantage of that. But really, it kind of starts with a a nationwide issue and... um, we're trying to address that here too. So what, uh, can you ex- expand a little bit on the, you know, alternative uh, paths you were talking about there for that some of the teachers are available to take now? Yeah, actually the governor just signed into legislation this past session that um, individuals who have a four-year degree um, and have thought about maybe going into the field of education, they can now pursue education um, in more of a timely fashion. It's more economical also than going back and um, going back to school full time to get a degree in education. They can have their four year degree. Um, then in turn, what they do is they have to take all the praxis tests that are necessary that a regular teacher would take. Um, they also do a pedagogy course and there's options for that. And mm-hmm. they're on the state website. You can go to that and they're adding them whenever they become available. Um, I did talk to some people into here recently that are going to add some more. So then you take a pedagogy course 
you have your four-year degree, you take the necessary praxis and the PLT, which is at the very end, and you get your your certification. So definitely so. a streamlined process. My sister, well, my whole family is teachers. I think I'm really the only one that's not a teacher. <laughs> uh, and uh, I remember the my sister going through the praxis and, uh, well, everything else that's around that. And it definitely seemed like a stressful time. But it seems like this, I mean, it's not going to be much less stressful, I'm sure. But at least it streamlines the process a little bit more, makes it more accessible for, you know, more people to get involved. Absolutely. And you can start out as, um, we've had lots of people start out as a perm sub. Um, so then they are getting all the rights and benefits of a teacher. Um, and they're performing that, that task. And then what they're working on is their alt cert. And then by the, it, you could finish it up within a year and then you're certified and then you own that position in the state of West Virginia. So. Cool. Well, that's uh, definitely a, an easier, better way to go about things. I think at least for somebody like me that, uh, I mean, I don't have a four year degree as of yet, but, uh, it'd be, I've always wanted to be a teacher, I think. And it'd be cool that that's a, a little easier way. So you don't have to go all the way back and kind of do everything else again. I would actually recommend it for anyone, even if they're not considering teaching right now, yeah. just to add that to the repertoire that they, they would have, like, we never know what our future holds. And if you move from a, from here to a different state, you're looking for a job, you could fall back on education for a while. So I recommend anybody who has a four-year degree to pursue this path to get all alternative certified in teaching. So what, uh, what are some of the positions that you're looking to, you know, start filling uh, in the school system? Is it just kind of a broad range of positions that have openings? Really everything. Um, that's something we want to touch on is um, our, you know, no matter what your background is, no matter what your education level is, Berkeley County Schools has something to offer you. Um, whether you're looking to become a bus operator, if you'd like to work as a teaching aid position, um, you know, we compete a lot for that skill set with a lot of the other industries that surround us. Um, and one thing that we feel that we offer is a lot of flexibility. Um, you really get the opportunity to work when your kids are in school. Um, you get to be out when your kids are not in school. And so if you're a parent who is looking for a flexible career, um, we really feel like that's something we can offer. Um, right now, our, our biggest focus is just continuing to add to our substitute list. Mm -hmm. um, and that includes our substitute teachers, substitute um, aides, substitute custodians, really all skill sets. We have we have something for you. Now, what's some of the criteria for somebody maybe wanting to get new to start being a sub or things like that? Are, are there any specific criteria for that? Yeah, there's... Um, if you would like to be on our regular sub list, you just have to have a four-year degree, um, take the necessary coursework. You can go to our website at berkeleycountyschools.org and you know you can go to work for us and there's a substitute, um, you know. Uh, we do have there. a landing page, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it has all the, um, the step-by-steps mapped out on our website if you're interested in pursuing that. Um, and if you don't have a four-year degree, you can start with us as a substitute teacher's aide, a substitute custodian, you know, really just uh, depending on what your experience is and where you feel like you'd be the best fit. We also have what's called a restricted sub, and that's somebody who has to be just a day-to-day -day sub that cannot mm. be in a perm sub position if they have a conferred associate's degree. And that was something new that was added about a year ago. Oh, wow. Um, that we have been adding individuals. So if you have a conferred mm -hmm. associate's, you, maybe you've went to um, Bluefield uh, or mm -hmm. Blue Ridge over here, and you have a, uh, a, a conferred associate's here in the area, and you'd like to be a day-to-day -day substitute, um, the rate of pay is pretty good, um, It would be, and we could definitely use you. Absolutely. Now, uh, you were speaking before we went on the air about a, a pretty big and pretty cool event you guys have happening on November 4th, right? Yes. Um, on November 4th from 4 to 6 p.m., it'll be taking place at our Berkeley County School Central office. Um, we are offering an open house for individuals who are interested in pursuing um, 
a position in an aide, custodian, secretary, or cook, um, you can come in and take the required um, prerequisite uh, testing that we have to have on file for you. And we'll be going over those positions um, during that event to talk through uh, what the process is really to pursue a position with Berkeley County Schools. So if you're interested, um, you can find out more information on our Facebook page or our website. Um, our Facebook is uh, BCS Careers and our website, like Lewis mentioned, is berkeleycountyschools.org. Awesome. And uh, you mentioned cook there. Now, I was talking with some friends the other day about uh, middle school lunch back in the day. And we had I went to E. Russell Hicks in Hagerstown and we had this little a la carte cart really just like this had this red white blue banner over top but they had the best food had the the little round pizzas and the mozzarella sticks and things like that and uh, we were talking about how we wish we could find that stuff nowadays to eat it right because it was so good when we were kids (laughs) well a quick uh, amazon search quickly found that you can buy um a hundred packs Packs of 100 of all of those foods from back in the day. So if you are looking for some cooks, I might be able to uh, at least supply you with some of the materials. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> Absolutely. Especially with the shortages of some products. Now, right? Well, I'm telling yeah. you, right? Shortage no, we've got our stockpile. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got you covered. I have a bunker full of uh, round tombstone-like pizzas down in the uh, freezer. But again, thanks for stopping in. One more time, can you let everybody know uh, the specifics about that November 4th um, recruiting event and how to get in touch with you guys? Sure. So November 4th um, from 4 to 6 p.m., you can join us at our office, the Berkeley County School Central Office. Um, to find out more information, go to facebook.com slash bcscareers um, or berkeleycountyschools.org. Perfect. Well, thank you for stopping in this morning. And if you missed any of this conversation, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page. And stick around for more here on Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. It's Panhandle Live, the voice of the Panhandle. Here are your hosts, Jordan Nicewarner and Marsha Kavalik. Welcome back to Panhandle Live, brought to you by Sutton & Janelle, full-service law firm, Swing West Virginia and Maryland. You can visit our new historic location in downtown Martinsburg at 224 West King Street. You can always find them online at suttonandjanelle.com. If you missed any of the show, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page or over on our Spotify page. If you missed any of it, at the beginning, we had WVU Medicine East, Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Centers, Dr. Hannah McKeever on to talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month and how important screening or mammogram screenings are and of course we have berkeley county schools uh human resource talent recruitment uh, coordinator megan baldwin on to talk about uh, all the great opportunities for employment over at berkeley county schools now uh, before we are done for the day i want to go back and play uh, a clip from our most recent conversation with steve french because as you know we love history here on panhandle live and we love local history well and steve french knows all of it so here's a little bit of our conversation with him from last week steve french how you doing this morning Morning. Good morning. So what's all been going on? What you been doing? Okay. Um, I mean, now right, that things are kind of, you know, yeah, normal. Getting back part. into writing a little bit. And I just sent a, um, uh, a profile on Charles Jane Faulkner to the um, uh, to Crossfire, which is a British magazine. And um, uh, that will be published probably in December or 1st of January. And um, it's, um, I think he's probably, of all the people uh, born in Martinsburg, and we'll uh, put uh, Alec Adam Stevens mm-hmm. aside because he wasn't born here, but he's a, a most prominent person uh, historically from Martinsburg for sure. Huh. So, what is notable? What if if someone is is uh, 
sitting around their their fireside and they want to hear Uncle Steve French tell them a story. <laughs> That's great. What, what, That's what's, great. <laughs> <laughs> what's the um, you know what what should folks know about uh, about Charles James Falk? Well, when he um, died uh, in uh, November of eighteen eighty four, uh, one of the papers in Martinsburg said uh, no one had ever started from poor conditions and become as, become as successful uh, in, in his lifetime that they could remember. How so, poor was he? Um, he was an orphan. His uh, fa- He was born in 1806. His father, uh, James Faulkner, was a merchant in town. The mother was Sarah, Sarah Mackey, who was Mackey's a prominent family throughout the years. Uh, some of them are still in town here. And um, um, his mother dies a few years later. And then his father is sort of a hero in the uh, uh, War of 1812. He defended uh, uh, an island near Norfolk called Craney Island from the British Navy, and uh, he was known for that. But he came back to Martinsburg and um, died, but died in 1817. So at 11 years old, Faulkner becomes a orphan, mm-hmm. and uh, he has some help in town with uh, pe- people helping out and so so forth. He goes to Georgetown College, which is like going to high school then. Yeah. And um, he's uh, uh, Perseverance with a capital P. Wow. He's, he's, uh, he's, uh, one of his contemporaries said, you know, he might have not been the most intelligent, but he was the most hardworking. And hmm. uh, he would go to um, uh, law school in Winchester and uh, – and make himself a, a, a great lawyer. He be, uh, goes into the um, uh, Virginia House of Delegates in 1820, uh, 1829, 1830. How old is he about that time? Uh, well, let's do the math. 24, 25. Mm. What, were wow. you do, what were you doing, 24, I, Whatever. It makes me feel like an underachiever because I certainly <laughs> hadn't gotten a law license and, no, and joined the legislature. And uh, he's going to become involved in... Um, the Constitution, Virginia Constitution of 1830, and be influential in that. He, uh, the Nat Turner Slave Rebellion, uh, uh, he, he gets in, uh, involved in the, politi- uh, the political fallout from that, and he uh, comes up with a plan to free the slaves in Virginia, um, but it's based on uh, a long process. The free blacks would be sent to Liberia, and then also... Um, uh, blacks born after 1840 would be eventually freed. Hmm. Um, and he gives a great speech in the House of Virginia House of Delegates. Promoting that idea. Promoting that idea. And William Lloyd Garrison, who is a great abolitionist of the time, will print that speech in his, his, his paper, The Liberator, yearly. Hmm. And Abraham Lincoln... Uh, uh, will able, will able, uh, will later tell his friend Ward Hill Lemon that he used that speech many times. He'd memorized and used that wow. speech many times on the stump. Wow! So but, the idea that he had didn't exactly take hold. No. So why? No. Of course, he was in Virginia, right? right? But what break down to us? You know what the opposition was? Were people just dug in and they enjoyed? Having well, you that had property, which actually was human well, beings. You, the the expense, the expense of it. You know, the people had who the owners invested in expense of the. They slaves. didn't want to lose right. their. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's why it was going to be a long term right. situation. But now Jordan, you'll have to remember this about him. 
He married the richest girl in town. There you go. He right. knew what he was doing. Mary These Boyd. are life tips we're yep. getting. <laughs> he knew what he was doing. Mary Boyd in, uh, I think, 1833 or 1834, uh, and she's 16, and she will eventually. Well, maybe i got to take back my. No, you yeah. didn't. Yeah. The laws may have been a little different <laughs> back then. That's true. I should but step uh, back remember, the life expectancy was a lot shorter in those days. So. Yeah, true. <laughs> <We're not laughs> so, she was uh, like, what, 30 <laughs> in, yeah, in our time? In, in dog years. Like, like, <laughs> not to, oh, don't, or, yeah, no, don't, no, don't even go there. Anyways. <laughs> but uh, he's uh, going to um, be in, in and out of the legislature, but uh, he's going to work on his uh, uh law practice, real estate dealings, and so on. She'll eventually come to inherit Boydville herself. Who said he wasn't smart? There Good you go. gracious. And, uh, and um, continuing on. Um, Did they have children? Seven. Whoa. They'll have seven children. and, and That's um, what amazes me about hearing you know stories about people from back then. They always had just a as many kids as possible. I know that right. was kind of like an insurance plan for them <laughs> to have as many kids as they could, but it's like seven kids, it sounds like three three boys and four girls Oof. and uh the two of the boys i know were in the civil war one became a um, uh, lawyer like his father and uh, and later became u.s senator and also uh his other uh, son was a lawyer elisha boyd and he was the uh, uh judge around here for many years mm-hmm. in morgan berkeley county but they they had the name boyd three boys but they they they, they didn't have the last name of faulkner yes oh, okay Mm, yeah. Got to get together. Oh, so he was Elisha Boyd Faulkner. Yeah. Right. Oh, right. gotcha. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> and uh, so he's back in the Virginia legislature, and in the 1850s, he comes up with a uh, uh, another plan about the uh, uh, slavery, and some of it's adopted in the Fugitive Slave Act in the Congressional on U.S. US Congress in 1850. Now, did he get mixed up with any of the Bell Boyd stuff back then? They're too? not related. Really? They're not related. Hmm. And unless it's far off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, just uh, coincidence, name yeah. coincidence. And she just down she's just yeah. down the street from him. Yeah. You know, and and at her as her dad's house. And um sometimes during the Civil War, since Mrs. Faulkner remained at home with three of her daughters, they would uh uh the um, newspapers would get confused. Mm-hmm. And uh, she was uh, called Bell Boy Miss Faulkner. Like she was one of the daughters. Yeah. Wow. And so that had to be confusing when you were researching too. Just yes. like, uh, what are the odds? <laughs> yeah, Everything's getting wrong. all tangled yeah. up. Right. And um, he leaves the Democratic Party or Whig Party, and uh, because uh, he didn't like Winfield uh, Scott, the hero of Mexico, when he was running for president, and he becomes a Democrat, and um, he gives uh, another great speech. It's uh, published by the Democrats and. They used Faulkner for some reason. He had influence in the German population, hmm. and they used him to get those votes in. And in 1856, when James Buchanan is elected president, uh, he's eventually he's in Congress at that time, U.S. Congress, but he's eventually uh, becomes minister to France, hmm. the ambassador to France, and takes most wow. of the family over there for a while. Look at that. So before the Civil War, he's a very influential oh, yeah. person in mm-hmm. the United States. During the Civil War, he's going to kind of set it out. Yeah, He's in his 50s, but he, he does get involved in it. When he comes back from France after Lincoln's elected, 
and he finally gets back from France because the new administration is going to have a new ambassador. He, um, it's after the Battle of First Bull Run. He comes in and he takes care of all the business. State Department goes to hotel and he's arrested mm. by uh, uh, Simon Cameron, mm-hmm. the Secretary of uh, uh, State, has uh, has him arrested and uh, like as a disloyal person. Yeah. Uh, why? Well, why not? Everybody was on edge then. Mm-hmm. They thought maybe he had helped when he was in France, Confederate agents or so on. Oh, but, okay. but it was mostly just a bogus, it was a bogus deal. And uh, he was arrested and he was held from uh, August to December in uh, Fort Lafayette in New York Harbor. Wow. And, uh, and, and uh, Lincoln would tell, uh, Ward Hill Lemon, of course, Lemon was his right-hand man, Mm -hmm. and he would tell him there's no justification for it, but I can't can't do anything about it. I'm going to wash my hands of it because his his associates wanted wanted, uh, Faulkner in jail. And that was a little bit of our conversation with Steve French, local historian Steve French, from uh, a week or so ago. Always love talking with him because you just never know what kind of wild, unknown local history he's going to pull out. Uh, and it's always an interesting conversation. So uh, that was a little bit of a listen back to our talk with Steve French. But, of course, if you missed any of the episodes so far today, you can always listen back to it a little bit later on today on our Panhandle Live Facebook page or over on our Spotify page. We had WVU Medicine East, Berkeley Medical Center, Jefferson Medical Center's Dr. Hannah McKeever in to talk about Breast Cancer Awareness Month. We had the folks in Berkeley County Schools uh, to talk about some uh, job positionings that are open and all kinds of things. So if you missed it, you can listen back to it. Uh, but I'm Jordan Ice Warren. It's been Panhandle Live on WEPM and WCST, the Panhandle News Network. Have a good one. Talk to you tomorrow. WEPM Martinsburg and WCST Berkeley Springs. This is the Panhandle News Network, a West Virginia Radio Corporation station.